space. Final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Ahoy, hoy. And we're here to talk about episode two of Strange New Worlds, um, Children of the Comet. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but apparently Strange New Worlds is officially the highest rated Star Trek show ever. On Yeah, like 9%. Which sorry, oh, 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 and yeah, tomatoes. I mean, the way Rotten Tomatoes works is they take all the reviews and they tell you what percentage of them are positive. So every other show has had, you know, this has had two weeks to not get a bad review, whereas, you know, the original series has had nearly 60 years. So it, it yeah. sounds good and it's nice and it's encouraging yeah. but i don't i don't think we should it, it wasn't 100 percent at one for a short time wasn't it <laughs> yeah and that happens with a lot one person put a bad reviewing yeah it, it happens with a lot of films like they come out and the initial reviews are really positive and partially because part of the disclaimer that you have to sign to see the early screenings sometimes is that you're not allowed to say anything negative yeah. Um, and so only positive reviews get published until the embargo lifts and then the negative ones can come out. So That's the other yeah. thing. It's like I, I, I always – I've even got less faith in it, not because of Rotten Tomatoes or whatever work they do, but it's the view – because there's a viewer uh, percentage as well, isn't there? And yeah. like that's just basically you get people now purposely doing campaigns against – like when Jodie Whittaker was announced, no matter what you think of her doctor now, when she was announced before we'd seen one frame of her, oh, people yeah. were purposely bombing her reviews to get it yeah, into negative. Yeah. You oh, get, we uh, talked about it, haven't we? It's the fandom menace and there's no yeah. need for it. Like, oh, the that's the other thing, yeah. There's that many shows available now. If you don't like something – Watch something else. Exactly. There's too many yeah. shows to actually watch them all. <laughs> I mean, so, there's, why would you sit and watch something that you don't like? I mean, having said that, I, I'm on the hook, no matter how bad Star Trek ever gets. I'm not saying it is bad I'm, now. I'm just saying, no matter how bad a season gets, I'm never going to be able to stop watching it, but I won't, won't then bitch on, no. on like website. No, no. I know I, I, I had the option to not watch. I just am not but, capable of not watching Star Trek or Doc 2. It's just not a thing I'm capable of doing. Yeah, but then you, but you have got these people and they've literally since the first, well, since before the first episode of Discovery, have slated new Trek and they've yeah. put out a review of every single episode. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Nobody's making you do anything. Nobody's no, least, sat there with least... a gunshot head going, you must watch this. It is quite easy to pick up a remote control and change channel if you don't like something. I will I'm, just in, be I'm in your campaign. I, yeah. I watch Star Trek. Yeah. Almost religiously. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how bad a show could get. You couldn't stop yourself. There's a metaphorical gun. There isn't a literal one, though. It is our choice to do it still. We just yeah. can't stop ourselves. Yeah. But well, otherwise, we can't turn down the big money that doing this podcast brings us. So yeah. it, 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 hey, it just, I made a fortune yeah. last night. 
I, I, I would say counting my 50p's stash. Oh. Someone mentioned at work about rare 50p's, and I had three rare 50p's in my 50p stash, and each of them were actually worth a quid. I oh. made quid 50 from nothing last night. Yeah, double your I money. Double my money. I'm nearly I, on my way to early retirement. I just adore the idea you've got a little 50p stash. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, not, it's actually quite, not actually that little. <laughs> We used to have this big wine jug that my dad used to put all his change in, and I remember we counted it was two hundred quid in it. I mean, that were in the days when you had change, but yeah, you know, well, we don't do that anymore. Well, money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's something like Star Trek's come to fifty p's alone. <laughs> something Star Trek's commented on money or the lack thereof in Star Trek. They kind of joke back and forth about this, especially if they have a time travel one. And it used to be a joke. It's like, well, do you accept? Cash, cha-ching. Now it's like you literally have to ask, do you accept cash? Is that no cash? Yeah, okay, absolutely, yeah. yeah. That just used to be the joke, and now it's, that's our life. Yeah, and it's some places it's like, oh, you, you can't pay by card, but you can pay by app. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, that's and, a real jump. Anyway, should we talk about Strange New Worlds anyway? Yeah, let's talk about Strange New Worlds. So, Children of the Comet, then. And first thing I, wa- I want to say out there... This is episode two of a brand new show, and we get an horror episode. Like, yeah, it looks like we're back to doing episode of the week where you take a different character and you. And I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. And I'm not saying I don't like serialized storytelling. I think there's place for all of it, but it's quite refreshing because we haven't had yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, we all love Picard, yeah. but we want something different for a different show. Yeah, like I'm putting this because. Strictly speaking, Strange New Worlds is a Discovery spin-off. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's learnt the lessons of Discovery. It's too late now for Discovery to do character development with the crew. <laughs> and I know this crew better than I know Discovery's crew already. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I mean certainly. <laughs> I, I, I still wish Discovery would take a few notes from... This show actually does it not too badly, and uh, Picard does it very well in the last series of not going melodrama. I, I really wish they just dial that back a little bit. It just gets too heavy sometimes with, oh, I, you know, uh, Michael discovers that Tilly's stubbed her toe. My God, your toe. I know one day your toe will recover, but now it, it hurts so much. Uh, yeah. It's it's just, it's too much for everything. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, to give Discovery the benefit of the doubt, it's usually something that's going to destroy the universe. But... You know, it, it does I found, I, I, I said at the time, though, last, last season of Discovery, I found hard work. Yeah, it was. Uh, the weakest season. But anyway, let, let's focus on the positive. I'm assuming that we all enjoyed this one. Yeah. To a I did. A lesser extent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's an horror episode. And, yeah, I know we talk about Discovery not developing its secondary characters, but... I would say a horror gets more backstory than we've ever had for a before in this See, episode. Yeah. The yeah. And yeah. the thing is, I don't know, you didn't... Maybe because the original series, it was never presented as an ensemble. It was Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and then everyone else. And the other characters were memorable, but I would argue that they, they came into their own more in the movies and... the they're more archetypes of characters than fully rounded characters, but 
But the original series never set its stall out as an ensemble show, whereas all the others have. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> criticizing it. I'm just saying, wow, I didn't know her uh, family that got killed yeah. in a shuttle accident. Oh, well, there's two things with that. One is I would also say that back then, just in the style of the day, they didn't care so much for backstory of people. Like that yeah. person's translated, that's what they do, that's their job. We don't need to know why that happened. Yeah. Now, we like to know. It's like it's fun to know how they got into that. She just she came from a place, and what a wonderful reason. She came from a place which spoke so many languages. She just learned them all. And every other yeah. language she came across, yeah. brilliant backstory. And there's also the fact that I did find it's like, wow, so O'Hara's uh, family all got killed in this massive yeah, uh, yeah. transport accident. Oh, sorry, yeah, shell accident, was it? And then last week you had uh, the new Sung, uh, Union Sung person whose uh, family all got killed because they were or because they were eaten by yeah, the dawn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are we just going to find everyone's families got killed in horrific <laughs> circumstances in the zoo? Like two back to back, that was quite... Quite possibly, yeah. And it seemed I, like a lot. Maybe that's going to tie into Pike's thing of wanting to help everybody. But, but yeah, it's almost yeah. like we're in a Marvel movie. You know, everybody's got... Yeah, they've either got a dark origin story or a Pike's a future dark story. Yeah. It's like, for a show which kind of pitches its doors being quite light and quite kind of like fun, yeah. and it is for the most part... It's decided to make a lot of the kind of back or future stories very, very dark for these characters. Let's let's speculate then. Who next week are we going to find out's parents died in a tragic circumstances? Number one. No, the eight pilot. The power of Tegas. I'll even give you my pitch for number one. And from that day forth, when all my family were killed, I realised I was the only one. I was the... Number one. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, while we're doing plays on people's names then, and I don't know who it was uh, on social media who pointed this out, but I'm like, why have we not realised this up until now? And why isn't this a thing? Why isn't this a meme already? We've got the new character, Lan Noonien Singh, but maybe it should be pronounced Lan! Oh. <laughs> why? How dumb are we? Why? Why did some random comment on Facebook make me tweet to that? Like, we're obviously not on the ball enough. We were too preoccupied with Picard and everything. So, you know, we need Doctor Squee. I feel this oh. is your area of expertise. We need better puns. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, any time, my friend. But the one thing I did love as well, which we did forget to, to talk about last week because we had so much to talk about, is mm-hmm. don't you love the uh, Star Trek emblem and the Star Trek kind of thing you get at the beginning oh, now? Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah. want that in front. Like, that's obviously going to be in front of every Star Trek now. And that's yeah. gee, It's just so nice. It's like like Star Wars does that and any yeah. other series does that, which is this bit. Yeah, yeah they're now tying them all together. Yeah, this is all the same universe. Oh, all so yeah, nice. It. Yeah. I wonder if for each different show it'll be a different ship. You know, it'll be the same graphic and everything, but you know they'll yeah discovery, it'll be discovery and I, I don't the know. Proto Star and the Cerrito. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, you could do. It could be slightly more cartoon style for Cerrito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. That'd be uh, nice. So, so back to, to I was just going to say, getting back to her and the dead backstory. This is the only thing, and again, it's kind of a quibbling qualm. So, like you know. <laughs> I'm really loving Changing Worlds, but I do feel like it's almost like I enjoy the lightness so much. I don't need these dark kind of backstories and pardon the dogs in the background. 
I don't need all these dark pack stories and this dark future story. And like, I kind of want it to be what it is and just have fun I, with it. I wonder if some like Ahura, if they're setting it up as the reason that she stayed on the Enterprise and didn't move, it's because that's where she felt family again. Yeah, that seems to be what they're suggesting with this yeah. episode. I, I, don't yeah, think it's that, I don't think it's that it's a dark thing. It's like, obviously, this has been a dark, she's had this dark thing happen. But I think it, this is sort of explaining why she never moved on from the Enterprise to further a career elsewhere. Maybe they yeah. just need to break it up a bit more for me. Just two two weeks in a row. It was, it was yeah. a lot of, uh, <laughs> yeah, of when, dark yeah, tales. Well, but the good thing is that we are getting this character development straight off the bat. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah th- this is our crew. And yeah, this is a different... We're going to let you know who they are. And this is the difference for me. With her, I think it fit very well. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure about, like, Nurse Chapel compared to where she goes. They'll have to yeah. do a lot of work to get from there to, to there. I've got to see more of Nurse Chapel. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, she's so wisecracking, and there was not a trace of that in the future characters, so there's got to be a very big reason yeah. why that goes out. I mean, the problem Richard. with that is... Yeah, well, I was going to say, there's Richard Colby, isn't there, that she... Yeah. When we meet her in season one, page, oh, true, she's true. and so you know, maybe we're going to do a dark storyline there with it's this guy who breaks the spirit, and so and you know, maybe we don't want to go there, but that could work. But I do want them, to, I don't want them to end it with her being wisecracking when no. we know she's like, I want them to bridge that gap, like the same with Spock. Again, I'm still not like. I get that, that a character can change over the years. Well, but now, I've realised what my, my main problem is, because I don't mind Spock being more human when he's younger, but given where his development goes in the future, it's almost like, because the, the Spock we knew was completely um, just devoted to logic and then discovered his humanity along the way, if he was already human before that, then just went a bit Vulcan, then went human again, that makes it less special for me because it's like well, it's well, not I, it's almost like that's period than being Vulcan was the outlier. Yeah, I give I give my reasons for this and I, I have no problem with this and I give it last week. And you watch the cage and you see him smiling and all sorts in the cage. So this fits in with that spot that is already in canon. It's in canon, but it's almost like that was in a pilot it's, which when then they you, reused it in the... so many years of other spark. Mm. But it's sort of shocking but, that we're doing this throwback to what was in a, a pilot episode that. at the time wasn't even shown. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like non-canonical until they used it because they wanted to save the money on another episode. Yeah. But, or a two-parter, which um, I do get. I get all that, but I'm just saying, my point, it still doesn't change my point about, like, well, when he yeah. came to be more human, it's nothing that they did, which was what was special. is like that, that involvement by... Kirk and the crew, which which browse your humanity, but it's like no, it's just reclaiming something which is already there. They yeah, they weren't responsible for it. I'm wondering if um, the reason that we introduced to Pring in the first episode is because we are going to do an arc with Spock and explain why he leans more heavily into his Vulcan side, and I wonder if that's that's all going to play out. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and in all fairness, I'm, I'm judging a picture based on, like, or a jigsaw based on one face they've made. So, like, in the fullness of it. But, hey, that's what we're here to do, isn't it? You know, we, we literally would not be sat here doing that if we couldn't talk a load of rubbish about Star Trek, so. <laughs> if they know yeah. the landing, fair enough. Well, we'll, yeah, and hopefully it'll be a good few years because the show's got a lot of potential. Um... So yeah, there's there's a lot of it. It does feel 
a bit like structured similarly to how shows like um, Buffy or Supernatural used to do their act plots that you'd start off the episode, you'd, you'd have very little plot, quite a lot of character stuff until the end of sort of act one. And then the plot would kick in and that'd take you to the very end, except for a little coda at the end where you'd get a little bit more character. And I know it is early days and we don't know if that's going to be the case here, but these first two episodes have followed <laughs> that kind of format because the we get the, the comics mentioned right at the start, but then we just get a, just a scene of everybody hanging out, you know, in Pike's quarters and he's cooking ribs. Oh. And the bull busting about like making her wear dress uniform and everything—that's yeah. lovely. I love all that. Yeah, well, that's like it. that is his, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. I, lo- I love how in keeping it is with the style of the original film, like things being a bit more casual. You know, you could pitch like Kirk would hang out in the okay. They just had a canteen as opposed to a ready room, but he'd yeah. hang out in there and he'd talk to the crew. He'd, he'd socialize. You know, there was less formal rules, and those, there are those times like you know um, where rules in the military more serious than others when it's taken yeah. a bit in a different direction and yeah so this seems very in keeping i like that yeah and uh, i and, like and, just and it fun. Make, like this also makes sense because he's he's invited a, a lot of the new officers on board to this captain's table mm. and this relaxed ap- atmosphere actually allows him to see the real then yeah not oh. the not the yes sir no sir person but the scene of how they really are the real mm-hmm. person also, it's perfect this characterization of Pike, which I think does fit very in with the original characterization. But it's like, obviously, Anson Mann's made a bit of a kind of like, uh, he works the room. He knows how to chat to everyone. Like, everyone yeah. thinks it's all, hey, I love this job. You know, it's like, he just has so much fun doing this. And in yes. the opening scene, you feel that. It's like, uh, hey, dress your uniform. Dad, we've all been there. Come on in, slugger. You know, he just he yeah. has so much fun doing that. And I like... Um... Spock and Hemmer, is it? The engineer guy. And where Ahura's like, oh, you, th- this is another rib, isn't it? And you're like, is it? Is Spock taking the piss or not? Yeah. You know, and he, he sort of throws the thing psychically. And like, I think maybe he was taking the piss. That strikes me as the sort of thing that Spock would find funny. I mean, not, you know, he wouldn't outwardly express it as funny, but he used to wind up Dr. McCoy something rotten, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I used to do it deliberately. Yeah. So I enjoyed that little interplay there and everything. And then Pike tells a story about a Norsican, which this whole incident made him realise that he's not for security. It's like, do, do Norsicans always intervene in the earlier life of a captain to point them down the right path, you know, because... Uh, yeah, that's Norsican's Nor- purpose in life. Yeah, that's what they do. They go around... They go ha- hang around Starfleet Academy. Yeah. And, like, and that then that Norsican kills... He's going down the wrong way. Let's make him a captain. Yeah. <laughs> and then that Norsican killed and ate number one's dad. Oh, that's what I'm next. That's what's coming. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I enjoyed that. And... Then we get this thing, sometimes things go so badly that you have to just laugh. And obviously yeah. that comes in at the end of the episode, and I'm not sure it works. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one that's yeah. called back to the style of the original, I think, because that would be the kind of joke they'd have in there. Yeah. But it just didn't really land for me here. It didn't for me because it's like, well, nothing goes wrong at the end, Spock. You, what you intended to do came off perfectly, yeah. so... It, oh. 
No, and that, well, again, it, in a if, if you're having trouble flying around the comet, it didn't show it enough. No, it's true. And I do have a couple of things to say about the, the way that whole sort of last movement of the story is orchestrated, but we'll we'll get there. Um, uh, yeah, we've talked about Ahura's ever so tragic backstory, which, yeah, we'll see. I, mean, I maybe- did like the way that... Oh, sorry, mate. No, go on. Just after she's talked to uh, Pike and she's laid out her story, her story, and I did like the fact that Pike was really understanding and he felt like it's like, hey, if this is a new path, I hope you find the right one. Yeah, like, really and, and I did love the, the Spock bit afterwards where he said it's like... Um, yeah, um, you know, like like Pike, I hope you find the right path on this. And he's like, there's a but. It's like, yeah, if this is a new path, you might want to choose another one. Many want to walk it. Yeah, and that seemed awesome. very Vulcan to have a little um, yeah. proverb about it. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of the um, the engineer guys in uh, Lower Decks, you know, where they're like, yeah, if that's what you want to do, you do it. You know, like when you get um, Rutherford and he goes down <laughs> and he thinks they're all going to be... Yeah, three couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, you think that all the engineers are going to be pissed off with him. Instead, they're like, yeah, you go do it. Whatever it is. <laughs> and the, there is a little bit where Pike sort of stumbles when he says, where are you going to be in 10 years' time? And it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to be all burned and stuff yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. I, I do hope with this that it isn't going to be every single episode. For the I hope I move past show. it. I hope yeah. move past it. That like, Pike realizes it's inevitable, or it may not happen because I might have done things differently now. That's yeah. the interesting wrinkle. I do find it fascinating, uh, fascinating uh, that he that they are playing with like, uh, well, like is inevitable is like is this avoidable? Yeah, because yeah. we've we've already established we've got so many different versions of the timeline by this stage. This could be a universe where he doesn't, where he yeah. managed to, to escape his fate. Maybe he's seeing his future from <laughs> our t- from the uh, original yeah, Star Trek yeah, timeline. Yeah, there's it's some I fun mean, you can have with that. Yeah, I just think, you know, if this is going to run for, let's say, at least five seasons, ten episodes a season, I don't want 50 episodes where we have to oh, have a look at where he's telling on it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to die in nine years. Oh, yeah, I'm going to die in eight years. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But you can have a lot of fun in the last episode. You see him in the chair and he's like thinking, it's like, was it all worth it? It was. And then you see him going onto the cage planet and me yeah, and yeah, get. Like, yeah. that could be a real nice, sweet ending. But yeah, I don't need to chew over it for 10 no, years. That's I'm it. really and serious. It, this yeah, I, to be fair, I'd be quite happy if when it ends, if we sort of get a little bit of, a, of an epilogue and we have the handover to Kirk mm. taking over. Oh, you've Scott, got Scotty Sulu coming on board, McCoy coming on board, and then we flip forward a year and we have a remake of the end of the Menandry. <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. interesting. And, and Pike's in the chair because this has happened to him. And the day it is going off actually to have a happy ending. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, well, we don't know what he got up to with that lady. Let's not assume no, that. But, but, um... You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's going to have a nice happy a, ending. I nice, got you. It'd be a nice way to end the series. No, I, I know. And there's no reason we can't do that. Um, Are you listening? Wouldn't it be great? Her hand just things. goes. Into... <laughs> wouldn't it be great? Her hand just goes into the chat. No, anyway, sorry. Oh, <laughs> and the light just starts blinking. <laughs> <laughs> blinking faster and faster. Yeah. 
Okay, we're, we're, we're venturing into slash fiction now. But um... <laughs> Sorry, man, I couldn't resist. No, no. But I, I, I like the idea that he spends, like, spaced out over the series. He spends time yeah. on the odd episode trying to avoid the future. Yeah, yeah. And it would be lovely to see him in the chair accepting it. I think that would actually be a run for yeah. sweet ending. And, and then he gets to go to the Cage Planet. I think that's the ending we've got to have. But um, And I get why we're doing it, because it's... It's still early days. It's only two episodes. If someone missed the first episode, then there's there's no issue with having a little episode? reminder in the second one. Why would they do this? Well, having said that, it's all on streaming now, isn't it? It used to be if you missed the first episode, you yeah. missed it. Yeah, Whereas you now you feel like... A few years. Yeah, you feel it took like... me ages to see um, the first five minutes of The Best of Both Worlds Part 2. Yeah, it took me me years to see that because when it was on TV, there was some reason. Yeah. And it didn't record properly. You know, the the white whale for me was the episode of Sliders, of all things. Uh, Mm -hmm. This episode called Genesis, I think it was, or Regenesis. There was an episode basically four series in where he discovers he's got a brother, uh, like um, Jerry Connell, which is played by his brother, there's um, someone else gets kind of like uh, captured by the Cro-Mags. Something else, like if you watch the next episode, everything has changed. And it's like, how did they fit that into 45 minutes? Yeah. And for years I couldn't get a hold of it. So it was so frustrating because it just changed the whole series going forward. And I missed that I one missed, episode. I missed the episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Hero Turtles as it was over here, where April got mutated into a cat and... It was one of them. Everybody at school were like, did you see it yesterday? April got turned into a cat, and I was like, wow. And then, yeah, didn't see it for years and years and years. Eventually, I saw it. Yeah, they're all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, actually, when I did watch the episode, the slide was kind of the same, because it's like everything happened, but it was just like one event after the other. If you know everything yeah. is happening, any of the surprise and wonder is taken from it, but at least I'd seen it, so the rest of the series made more sense in the future. Yeah. Um, so the comet then, we'll get into the meat of the story. Yes. Uh, the comet's going to destroy the planet. I like the fact that they they've got this projected thing, so it's like, yeah, this is what it's going to look like. Bloody disaster! There's yeah. like, oh, that that's not happened yet. Don't worry. Um, so and they decide to save them, and that's when Pike does say, "I love this job," and yeah, it's all looking like job done, dead easy. Yeah, by the way, I like to think that was something he discovered on the day. It wasn't like in the script that goes, by the way, I love that. That seemed like a very Anson Mount Troyce to go. Yeah, maybe it's uh, it's almost, it's kind of him just speaking to the audience, really. You know, (laughs) yeah, oh, that's the only way it could have been better if he turned to Cameron and goes, by the way, I love this job. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so you think it's all going to be solved dead easy, but it's not. The comet's got shields. And that's what sets us off. And it, so we have to have a briefing to which Sam Kirk comes with his tash, which yeah. we find out is relatively new. Pike's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's growing on me. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the interaction with him. I will renew my objections. I don't, the fact that I got I don't confused think he's going to be which, in this for long. Despite the fact that I got confused over which Kirk it was, I still think it takes a bit away from, again, it's taken away from the original, the fact that, Kirk met Spock. It's like the fact that he knew his brother first, it's like it's not his... Just take... I don't know. It's it is a bit weird. 
doesn't Sorry, sit right with me. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're gonna have little stings every week of like, is this how he dies? Because we know he dies. Well, no, it doesn't die. We, we've it's... seen him die. We've seen when he yeah. dies. Yeah, we know yeah, the original series. Oh, was it in the episode of the original series? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that one where it had the things that land on the backs, the parasites. What's it okay. called, the episode? I can um, remember if he was actually in an episode. Operation Annihilate. That's it, Operation Annihilate. Oh, I've got to watch it. I've got to watch we it. Know that, we know that he left, he left Starfleet, gets married and has kids. Yeah, true. But he's yeah. got about 10 years to do that, so... Well, his son was... How old was uh, Kirk's nephew? Seven oh, or eight. I remember. Yeah, yeah, he'll have to crack on. Yeah, so... Oh, there was a really nice um, audio where they have um, Kirk's nephew in it, and he's like... Uh, at one stage, he goes like... He's trying to shut up this clear room. He's like, let's see if I've got any of the old Kirk charm, and completely strikes out. It's really fun. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get a bit of that with Sam Kirk as well, whether, you know, whether they'll lean into that, like we'll see that he's, you know, Jim Kirk was the cool one sort of thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it could... yeah I, I obviously think he's going to be a small character. And I think, it, I think right, the thought that we know that we're going to get Luke, uh, Kirk in the season two. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there were if this was done that when they did this, they thought that might leak that Kirk's going to be in it. Yeah. And they could cover it by having this Lieutenant Kirk in. Maybe. And yeah, it'd be weird if they had both of them at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is a joke that could wear thin really, really quickly. Yeah. Although the one thing I loved about his moustache while we're talking about it is that uh, where Kirk because of when the series was made, obviously, but Kirk is such a 60s character. Mm. With the moustache, did he look a bit 50s to you? Because I like that idea. It's about 10 years yeah. earlier. Yeah, that's that's, a nice little parallel. yeah, I like that. I wonder if that was a purposeful choice, but the moustache seemed very, uh, that was something that was very 50s to, to have like that. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously it's all a joke. It's because it was Shatner with a tash was the, the yeah. dead brother. But, yeah, it's this, oh, it was funny when you first saw me, like, oh, he's got a tash. I don't know how long it'll... I, I'm with Elliot on this one. Maybe he's not going to be a, that much of a regular fixture. Yeah, because he's got to leave Starfleet, get married, have kids. Yeah. Move to another planet where he's made a life for himself. and Yeah. I mean, um, just the, the whole thing... Uh, yeah, I just don't know why we need another Kirk's stuck in there they, they, for me with such a strong show and such a strong it's backstory necessary. it's yeah. yeah exactly it's nice to have a her i think was a nice ad yeah and maybe nurse chapel because she's never been really explored as much number one was in one episode they're all fine but then to overgill the lily with a uh, another kirk and you've got um all these extra little backstory bits which we didn't need i just yeah to simplify mm. you're good enough you don't need all this yeah we'll see um so uh Chapel gets a bit flirty with Spock, which is perfectly in line with the original series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like that Ahura sort of chats to her like, oh, Spock, you know, Chapel was flirting with you. And on one level, it's like, you know. Well, she's, she refers to her as his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. So she's having a bit of a laugh with it, which extra textually when you take into account the Kelvin timeline, you're like, oh, that's interesting because you've got a horror commenting on someone fancying Spock, but 
we suspect that there's an attraction between Uhura and Spock in each universe yeah. to some extent and, as well. So that's interesting. And also you've got the fact that if you, in the original series, there was a few moments where Uhura, I think, did bust Spock's balls a little bit. Yeah. So that seems very in keeping as well. She, was, she'd make a few comments just to wind him up a little yeah. bit. There was an episode where like Uhura was singing to Spock and you got a little yes. bit of a vibe there. So, you know, and that well, relates I, to I, later I, on in the episode, it's canonical that she sings and stuff. Like, they, yeah, again, they brought really so much of her original character that we have seen and then build this stuff under it almost. And that yeah. fits really well. Another bit of random trivia about Spock is familiar with Yahtzee. And, yeah. like, I, you know, I like that detail. I, I don't think Yahtzee would be a good game for Vulcans because there's a little bit of tactics, but not a huge amount. There's a lot of luck in Yahtzee. And I, I just don't think Vulcans would find it very stimulating. You know, they, they'd be like, you know, this is this is a silly well, game. Well, would they be able to uh, work out the speed to throw the dice and all that? Ooh, maybe. Would they find that a challenge of yeah, how, uh, how you throw the dice to make them land yeah. how you want? Really, that's pers- what you want. If it's positioned like this with one at the top <laughs> and I roll at this angle, at this trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. Maybe, that's maybe interesting. That's, we have seen it previously where we've seen Vulcans playing pool and games like that and they're they're really really good at it they work out the angles and And I did love the fact that when they brought in the musical element in this Spock pointed out how much music is associated with math so it totally works that he would appreciate music for for its mathematical composition he wouldn't see the beauty in it necessarily but he'd see the maths in it Yeah. yeah that's I mean, that brings us on to sort of the the resolution. I mean, there's other bits, and we'll we'll jump back to them, but we may as well talk about it now. This episode basically does what the last three episodes of Discovery did, but it does it quicker. You know, it's, okay, we found this alien species. We can't understand the language. It's because it's based on something we don't use. In this case, it's music. In that case, it was feelings and lights or whatever it was, you know. And I feel one, like, I feel like this undermines the fact that Discovery sort of, it's almost like uh, two fingers up at them, like, oh, yeah, we can do that in 45 minutes. Uh, Well, we did say, we did save season of last season. Oh, we did. It was just too slow. I know, but you don't need your little brother series to rub it in, you know. And... I was just going to say the dumbest thing about that was it's like it felt like they were over three episodes they felt like they did it badly because it felt like again they spent ages going like wow this language is so fun we can't even picture how to do it we can only send these very simple pictures and then in like that they suddenly oh yeah yeah we can just talk normally we We just worked out sentences yeah we just worked out something to do it oh what did you work out oh just something you don't need to know what it was something we worked that out back in the day. It was actually Saru had the thing, and he was yeah. just humouring them. They were going, tell them they sat on the other, and he was just going, fish. Yeah. You know, or whatever he, he could actually say. But, and it, it, they just, you know, fluked it. Whereas um, this with music made a lot more sense that they're able to figure it out quicker. So they gave yeah, a yeah. good reason why you could figure it out quickly. Whereas Discovery painted themselves into a corner with a really complex thing, and the last minute just went, oh, yeah, they figured it out. Yeah, we need we right, we made this really complex language that we can only speak in single words. 
of one or two syllables. Yeah, it was a bit. And suddenly we need to have a really complex uh, discussion about how to save the galaxy. I wouldn't even mind, but all they had to do is put a line in where they say, oh, because they understand it's so much better than us, they send us a guide, yeah. they send us a translator we can update our universal yeah. translator with. There oh, was a fix on. in there, they just didn't use uh, anything. There wasn't enough time to get a line like that in. Yeah, they only, had, they only yeah. had three hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. With, with Star Trek and any sci-fi, there is usually a one-line explainer that works you can just shove in. Yeah. And you don't even have to over-explain it, just one line. And they never bother doing it, or they yeah. they sometimes they, they heard, often miss doing it. I heard Will Wheaton on a, a podcast, and he used a brilliant phrase, which I'm going to try and use over and over again to exp- things like that, where they hand wave things, and he referred to it as hand wavium, so kind of like an obtainium. So yeah, I mean, they could have said, Captain, we've beamed over some hand so we can now understand the. And and Gene Roddenberry was the pro at this because. He used to like uh, the Heisenberg compensators. Yeah. He named the solution after the problem, so you don't have to explain how you yeah, did yeah. it. It's like they compensate for that. How do they do it? Yeah. Well, that's that doesn't. Matter. And like someone once asked him at a con, like oh, I think this happened a few times. Like, how do they work? Very well, thank you. That <laughs> yeah. was his reply. Uh, Brilliant. The inertial dampeners as well. How do they dampen the inertia? They just do. Yeah, um, yeah. Like that, that's a big scientific explanation. We don't have time to go into that, yeah. but. If you were in the future and you knew this bit of technology existed, you didn't know, need, you know, no one would say, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go in the car. But how does the car work? No one has that conversation. So yeah, it's it's yeah, I'm not being funny, but can you explain to me how we're all in three different places talking at the same time, broadcasting w- worldwide? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way you'd say it is the internet. And you wouldn't yeah, explain what the internet is. But you don't know. know how it works. Yeah. But you wouldn't feel the need to explain it because everyone knows what the internet is broadly. Yeah. Yeah. How it works is easy. You plug it into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want a big explanation about how the aliens did it. I downloaded this app. Yeah. I didn't need a big big explanation on how the aliens did it. All I needed them to say was like, uh, oh, yeah, the aliens sent us a patch to to update aliens from races. But no, my my sort of point uh, that I think I want to make about this is it, I just feel like it is a little bit close to what Discovery did. And I don't think it's the fault of either of the shows, but someone like Alex Kurtzman, who oversees it all, should probably say that that's a little bit similar to what we did at the end of Discovery, you know. And But then, having said that, you know, I, it might not seem that way to other people. So, not got that much of an issue with it. I just feel like it's... No, I didn't pick well, up on until we said like, it. No, that was lights. This is sound. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, the concept is a little bit similar. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the other strand of the episode is the alien, and I really like this alien. Like, I love the – I presume it was CGI, but it, it genuinely looked alien, like he had this alien head and it was pulsing as he was talking. Yeah. And I just thought that was great, just a different design, something we've never seen before. And in uh, dark lighting, so you didn't get all the detail. It was just yeah. a shadowy figure, which kind of works for the yeah. species. And and I like the idea that we got, like, a little bit of an idea of what these people are. And, you know, they obviously hold the comet in, like, a, almost a religious sort of um, regard. Yeah, it, what was, how did he explain it? It's the last, one of the last um, avatars of... Yeah, there's these things that go around, around spreading life. Which yeah. does it does uh, 
sort of linking to like the TNG episode, doesn't it? Where we all, all the species are from that one. Oh, yeah, the alien who I think looked like founders. <laughs> it did look like the founders. I wonder why that was. And I wonder the why they called thing... the founders. Mm-hmm. The only thing which they may be, um, and you might be able to, like, if you guys spot this and I just missed it. It's when they talk about the comet, they say our species have been charged with looking after this comet before we reach the stars. So how were they looking after it if they were stuck on a planet? Mm-hmm. Hey, Passively. Hey, yeah, they're going, comet, yep, hey, still up there. Comet is that, giving them the technology. Yeah, they had to, that, that, maybe that drove them to develop the technology. Like, oh, we've got to look after that thing that's in space. Have we got any spaceship? Oh, shit. Yeah, better be one of those. I mean, yeah, I, I did I, love I, the fact that they had things which well, weren't famous. Well, it's been like a lot of cricket from the Hitchhiker's Guide, didn't it? The, oh, that's, that's just genius. Yeah. Where it took them 52 years to develop space travel after a spacecraft accidentally crashed because they weren't <laughs> happy about it. And they didn't realise they didn't realise up existed until some yeah. sort of, it's like, uh, oh, that's space. Better do something about that then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... I just uh, I do like the fact there was stuff unanswered about this though. So they've got a little church basically on top of this yeah. comet, and like uh, again we're jumping about in time a bit. But Pike says at the end, it's like I do I am left to wonder how did this happen? How many more of these comets are out there? Who built them? Yeah, that's, that's very exciting. And it it's one of those where I think yeah it works in this episode, and if we don't follow it up, I can live with that. I but think it just, is very much one of those that we'll never see again. Maybe so, really? yeah. I think yeah. it's a one a series. I would love it to be one of those ones. You just want a series, you have like another comet they find, it's like, yeah. who the fuck is sending these things out there? You know, it'd be great. Shepherds or whatever they're called. But yeah. just to briefly go back to like we were talking about like the fandom menace and things like that, and it it shows how disingenuous a lot of the criticism can be because if this had have happened in Discovery, people would have been exploding going, well, why don't you find out who sent the comet and how come there's a thing on the planet? And, you know, how, like you said, how can they have been chatted with looking after it if they weren't even in space at the time? Yeah, this is the most ridiculous thing. But because this show's got such a sense of fun about it, these things can pass you by. And, you know, that does speak to the tone of the show and everything. And I just want to make it clear... I'd be okay with this, whichever show it was told in, but I just find that interesting that there's a different reaction. And it'd be really interesting if they do, like, again, you, like you guys say, they could just leave it there. It'll be a very enjoyable episode of Star Trek. That's all fine. But it also leaves it open to, like, yeah, okay. I, I asked the question about, like, in this episode, it's not really explained how they were looking after a comet from later. Yeah. But that might get explained in a later episode. It might be, like, uh, we received a transmission which told us this comet was our destiny to look after by the comet builders and like then you know you must build these mighty ships to go after you know that could have been and that's the the other big thing is that they talk about like the from the religious standpoint of the shepherds they think that it's preordained like it's a prophecy that will do this but from the the site we haven't got a scientific answer for it yet the way this episode finishes is well somehow they knew that spock was going to do that before or, it happened, or, or, or did what Spock did actually mean absolutely nothing? That the comment would have changed course anyway. 
Well, but it's not just changing corsets, they're changing yeah. shape as well. Yeah. And it had the picture of the things which led to it, so it had to be that route which was preordained. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really interesting. So, I, I just think there's so much meat on that bone. I, I think it'd be fun if they do revisit. I, I feel like if it I think just, it, it, it'd be very in keeping with something from the original series mm. where you just never go back and explore it again. Yeah, this has happened. Happens. And, and that fits into this sort of time period. They're not spread out in the in the galaxy. No, I agree. But I, I think if that's the story they were going to tell, they could have got away with, we don't know who made the comic, because it's not relevant to this story. The story's about how you've got these people who've adopted it as a religion and how do you work around that. But I think the fact that they've also put in this thing of, well, they seem to have an understanding outside of time... I feel like that's an extra wrinkle that wasn't necessary unless you were going to follow it up at some point. Yeah, but it does leave the that does leave the opening though for something that, mysterious that and wonderful and, and unexplained, well, which they did in the original the series a little bit more. In the original series, they did have a bit more of like they didn't have to answer every question, and if mm. they don't, I'm actually really cool with it. If they're going for that vibe of the original series of like, hey, look, this is a wonderful mystery, it we can just leave it there. Like, I can see as well how it could fit into future stories because it fit in as well if this has been preordained by the comment and it can do that. Pike's ordained to actually end up in this chair and that sit and all that. I might mm. want to follow them up and find out them answers. Yeah, I think that's why we do do that because it, it ties into Pike's story yeah. like about are things preordained and can you change them? So thematically, it fits in. I just feel like it's a loose end that we'll we'll probably come back to, but we'll we'll find out anyway. I do like Pike's line where he says, "We need to beam them up, break the laws of physics if you have to." That's a very yeah. I, I want to just Lieutenant That's Scotty the... to come out of the turbo lift and go. Yeah, yeah can he do that? <laughs> you can, I can he break the laws of physics. Yeah. But so, uh, it's a very Kirkism, isn't it, where yeah. to break the law of physics? No, just do it. Don't tell me that it's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of remind me of these Sulu lines, like, uh, but it'll fly us apart, Captain. Fly us apart, then! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love lines like that. Yeah, when uh, the ship's rattling. Sometimes, like, when I'm trying to make our car go faster than 60 miles an hour, which it doesn't <laughs> enjoy... Sometimes I sit there driving and I go, fly apart then, and Chloe's like, what are you talking about? One of my favourite things in the original series was, it was always Scotty goes like, and they, I love the fact they made a joke of it in Relics, where it goes mm. like, uh, oh, I cannot possibly do this in less than five hours. You've got ten minutes, Scotty. It's like, yeah, yeah all right then, I'll just flick this switch. Yeah. I've done it all along. Yeah. They need to think I'm a miracle worker. Uh, Talking of, like, Sulu <laughs> and Scotty having a bit of sass to them, I like this stuff with Ortegas where it's like, you said you were going to be the best pilot ever, now you've got to prove it. He says, well, I've already got my own invasive. Uh, yeah, she goes, right. Uh, what is it, Ortegas, uh, pattern gamma one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and he sort of looks and goes, okay. <laughs> and the special effects sequence where the Enterprise is bobbing and weaving through all yeah. the great, that's just lovely. It is. We... It, it, it's one of them things that with the original Enterprise, and to an extent with Next Generation, the Enterprise mm -hmm. D through the TV, 
you couldn't do that because there were static models and you had oh, to have cameras fly into them. You couldn't do. We didn't get these stuff like things. that until DS9, and then it was very rare because it was yeah. bloody expensive. And then also in Voyager. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I, I, I don't often do this, but if anyone hasn't, please do check out the video online and there's a podcast version of my interview with the Michael Beemore. And he talks about the ships. I just The, the reason why I mentioned that is because I love the fact that I always thought the Borg Sphere is the one I always kind of go back to, or the Borg Cube, mm. sorry. Because I always thought it was purposeful that it just goes in one straight line. It's practical like the Borg. It doesn't spin because there's no practical purpose for it doing that. It does what's, you know, um, yeah. What's the most efficient way of doing anything is the way the board works. And he goes, wow, I love the fact that you said that, but really we just didn't have the money or the effects to make it spin. <laughs> and I go, yeah. well, God bless you for doing that way because I think that was the best. It fit the character so well. It does. And that's, I do feel like we lose some of that artistry with the reliance on CGI that we've got. I'm not saying the people who do the CGI are not artists because they absolutely are yeah. and they're amazing. But very much now, if a writer, director, whoever says, I want to see this, you can do that with CGI. Whether it'll look any good or not depends on your budget, but yeah. you can visualize that. Whereas, like, you go back to like George Lucas with Star Wars they had to come up with solutions to do things that they didn't know how to do. And the face of cinema was changed forever because of it, you know. And yeah. you, you just wonder, are we ever going to see that again now? And Well, we saw it in The Matrix. The Matrix yeah. the first one. And Lord of the Rings. And I stress just you. the first one. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I just really enjoy it when they do a good blend of models and... Uh, and the Mandalorian... Uh, did uh, oh, fixed mod actual model work? Yeah, and you see how much better that looks because they use some models. Yeah. They haven't just like, gone CGI. Yeah, we have to use CGI for some things, but for certain shots where it's flying through space, yeah, we can perfectly do a model and mm. have the camera come in still. Because we can't perfect. Let's face it, we cannot perfectly do CGI yet. There's some scenes they do which are amazing, especially with blended effects. Mm -hmm. But still, if you've got models involved, it always looks better at this yeah. point in time. I'm not saying they'll never crack that code, but at the moment they haven't. No, and I they think keep the models in the mix. The closest we've got was, regardless of what else you might think about the film, the latest Star Wars film, The Rise of Skywalker, the battle at the end. It, I don't think you can tell that they're not model ships or, you know, or, or they're as close as we've ever seen to it. But that's a Star Wars film's budget. You're not going to yeah. do that. That's the thing. In you know, Marvel can uh, do it. Star Wars can do it. Uh, and that's, that's the it. problem with CGI is Star Wars can afford to do that. Marvel can afford to do that. Mm -hmm. But then other directors see this and go, oh, let's do this. Mm -hmm. But they've got... 100 million budget for their movie. These other movies have got like three, four hundred million to spend on the CGI. And, oh, and, and then you end up with crappy looking CGI. And Let's look back at Deep Space Nine. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's sometimes when they went to the effect shots, it was embarrassing to watch back. And it was embarrassing at the time. Even at the time, it didn't look good. But no. I think they were buoyed on by seeing things like Star Wars, as you say, with the huge yeah. budgets. But even Star Wars on TV's made some um, mistakes. Like yeah. when they tried to do the de aging effect with. With Luke the first time, mm -hmm. and then 
it looks so janky. And then some guy did a deep fake on the, uh, the internet and said, it's like, hey, this is how you do it. They go, fine, we'll the hire bank. you then. Well, okay, I'll take your money then. What a happy ending for everyone. Yeah. And it looks so much better in the second series. It or does. the next series, I think it was the third. Yeah, but if you're going for bad mistakes in Star Wars TV, you've got the slow motion bike, bike speed bikes. <laughs> I didn't mind that so much. Yeah, anyway. It was a slow motion car chase. It was like they're trying to remake um, The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that was a slow motion chase. I've just been playing um, Lego Star Wars, actually, the video game. And during one of The Last Jedi levels, you're on the Imperial flagship. And there's a couple of stormtroopers stood around talking, and the, one of them's just going, We've been chasing them for weeks. Why can't we just shoot them? <laughs> Fair question. Anyway, um, so yeah, we have the egg, and Ahura does the singing. Spock sort of harmonizes with her, but that's after giving her a Spock pep talk, which uh, is... was missed. Um, Lieutenant Kirk getting electrocuted. Oh, sorry, dying. sorry, I thought we mentioned that he nearly died. Yeah, Lieutenant. Kirk I wonder if it, I wonder if this could become a trope. Um, Throughout the season, that he nearly dies, and that's why he leaves Starfleet. That he keeps yeah, that dying, is, actually. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I originally again I forgot that we actually saw him die in an episode of the, of the original yeah. series. I was wondering if it was going to be yeah. Every episode he has an almost death. Does it? Is he going to die? Ah, but like you're right, he, it was already coming. Well, I wonder if it's like he could almost die, and that's what makes him leave Starfleet. And he could be the red dies. shirt of every episode. <laughs> yeah. And then the really dark irony is that obviously he dies. He dies when he leaves Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's the bit where uh, they say, like, Spock, you've got this habit of rem- – this is after they've been back up, and he says – he tells them the deadline. And he says, you've got this habit of reminding us of deadlines. And it reminded me of two things. Well, who says it, don't they? Yeah. And Pike backs her up and goes – yeah, actually, you do. You do. <laughs> yeah, that was wonderfully original series feeling. That was another one of those great moments. Yeah. It reminds me of, as say, two things. You've got C-3PO, who always tells you the odds. Uh, but it also reminds me a little bit of Rimmer and his space car directives. Yes. Like, this is going to be a thing with Spock that he's just going to keep giving us updates. But I think that, that all those originally came from Spock. Like, even yeah. uh, Data in the Next Generation, it was unhomogenous. Oh, yeah to Spock doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I just, again, I love the fact that not only was it them two busting his balls a little bit, and yeah, it's like, yeah, you do have a kind of habit doing that, and he kind of looked a little bit pissed off with it. That's <laughs> what I want to see more of. I want to see Spock getting pissed off with his human counterparts and learning from them over time. Oh, I'm sure you will. But the, the problem is, this lot seem a really nice bunch, you know. Yeah. yeah they are fun. Yeah. Not, you need Dr. McCoy to start winding him up. So even the doctor <laughs> seems like a nice chap from what we've seen. I will say it is, it is nice to have the playful piss-taking of your mates. Yeah, like, it is. You, like, yeah. yeah, we take the mickey out of each other, and they do I was, that here. I was, just really read, nice. I was just reading an article, um, actually, before this, and this American, and she's, she said, I've lived 10 years in England, but things I still find weird. It's like, in a pub, if someone says fuck off to you, 98% of the time it's a, it's a mark of endearment, and how yeah. much they really like you. Oh, the other two percent is not to lead to violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is just it's like, how do you work it out? <laughs> well, it's like, and it's like your friends can do the best piss takes. They can yeah. do the deepest oh. cuts. Like insulting if it was given by anyone else, but they do it better than your enemies. But if your enemies do half of that, 
Uh, or, oh, yeah, that's, sorry, that's, no, that's a yeah. real kind of yeah. weird term to use. But you know, people who you don't get on with, if they use a term like half that offensive, it would cut you. But like your friend's doing is like, yeah, you got me. You know, you, you know how that's to pull my thing, like, I think if anyone other than Bones would have said the things that Bones says to Spock, I think Bones would have hit him. You know, it's yeah. Oh, that's that's the why the movies did it so well. They they yeah. uh, they got that perfectly. <coughs> over the like, it, it's the thing with Star Trek Five, isn't it? When it, you've got the the trio gone camping together. Mm. The way that Spock and Bones wind each other is up is actually their way of showing the Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much love there. Again, it's dripping with love. You know they would never say it to their faces, apart from in very extreme circumstances. It was used very rarely, which I think made it even more impactful. But, you know, it was just oozing with love, the fact they would take the piss out of each other. And, yeah. But they'd give their lives for each other. Yeah. So the... The wrap-up of the episode, then, and this is this is something I did have a, a very minor sort of quibble with, and I get why they do it. So they go, okay, we've got a plan, but the audience doesn't find out what the plan is. We have to wait until the end, the very end, to find out what the plan was with Spock and the shuttle and everything. And I just think it... I, I felt like it robbed that of a bit of tension with some, like... Yeah, it looks cool, Spock flying around, and I get that he's heating it up and melting it and stuff. But because I don't know what he's trying to achieve, I just felt a little bit detached from that sequence because of the way they decided to withhold the information. Um, I don't think it's a deal-breaker for the episode, but it did stand out to me. I don't know. What what did you guys think? Did it work for you? Yeah, I worked out what he was doing. Right, Okay. I got what he was doing when he was flying around the comet so close. So, I mean, if that's the case, why not just tell us what he's doing then? Do you know what I mean? Like, if I don't think you were supposed to work out what he was doing until they tell you afterwards, and I'm not taking anything away from the fact that you did work it out. Well, yeah, it seemed quite, I didn't it seemed quite obvious to me when he was flying around the comet with heat shields on that, he was trying to alter its trajectory. Yeah. So, I, I mean, God, he was trying something, but I didn't break down the mechanics so, of what he was doing. Because, like, it's like when he goes, like, uh, oh, please, just distract your scene. Come on. Like, yeah, that was obviously an act. There was obviously something going on, but I didn't work out what until later. Yeah. And yeah I, it made I, sense I, to me that what he was doing was trying to alter the trajectory of the car. Yeah. So yeah. My, my point there would be, then, if if we are given enough information to work it out, why not just tell us and not run the risk of people but you, like me? You two didn't work it out. Yeah, I think that's the answer. It's like some people might work it out, but most people probably won't. Like, uh, uh, Elliot yeah. does but get then, some things Maybe it just often. depends how you look at things yeah. and see things. Yeah, and to me, it was... But yeah, I felt it detracted from the episode. Not but then I might watch something else and you'll get it straight away. And I'll be going, yeah. Well, exactly. There, there's, but I, I think, think that's, that's the beauty about that we all slightly different as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's what I loved about like the, the, it, the last like, episode of Picard when there was something I didn't get. I kind of really enjoyed that because it gave a richness to me discovering it. But I really enjoyed the fact that Elliot did because that's kind of like, oh, well yeah, done, you know. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, but it's like we sit here, don't we, every week, and we talk about the episode. And I try to avoid anything before we have yeah. this show to, and all that of talking about the episode. I like to do it here, and now this is the time. Yeah, and you'll say things, and I'll think, "Oh yeah," and then I get where you're coming from. 
Yeah. No, I, I just think the episode would have worked better if it had been spelled out because it worked for you, Elliot, but not for either of us because yeah. the, there was a bit of detachment there, I thought. Um, as I say, it's not a deal breaker. It's still the one, an the one thing that got me though, because we saw saw Spock flying in, and we saw it was flying around small bits of asteroids that were coming off it, or meteorites that mm-hmm. be. But then we have the cutaway, and it's like, but where's Spock? Yeah, and then it does the laugh that things have got so bad that you have to laugh about it. Yeah, but we didn't see that. No, and it thinks, and that bothered me that we didn't see how what had actually got so bad for him. Oh, that's it. Nothing. It wasn't that bad. It was almost going. Here's the punchline to the joke we set up earlier. Even though, yeah, but it didn't no show that. It's like we should have maybe seen the big chunk of the comet breaking away. Yeah, that made it change, like that. and it coming straight for him, and then it comes yeah. back to the thing. And it's always oh, spot. Yeah, what, what he needs, and to... then you could have the laugh that he's managed to get away. Yeah, he needs something to have gone wrong that is then sold for him to do that laugh. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and again, or he needs to, me... need to have implied so much jeopardy. Like I, like I'm just saying, if you had yeah. the bit of the comet that was coming off, Charlotte's trajectory, if it was coming straight for him, and you saw it like he's about to hit, and then it cuts away, and then yeah. he's, where's Spock? Just yeah, it it looked like the mission went absolutely perfectly from what we saw. There was no... Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird payoff to the line. Um, Can I just... No, go ahead. Oh, no, it's only because we've just sort of, like, gone past the the thing I want to comment on. I just want to comment on the the awesome redesign of the Shuttlecraft. So it it feels Mm -hmm. so in keeping with those original series Shuttlecrafts, which were basically boxes, but they made it cool enough to get away with it. Yeah, I love it when they do that. It's like... They've given a nod to the original design, so they've not um, insulted well, it, it by just redesigning it entirely, but they made it look a bit cool. It's like, you probably still wouldn't design it like that today, but you need that fan service of seeing what it yeah. looks like in it's the It's like what they've done with the Enterprise. The Enterprise is updated from TOS. And I know purists will go, oh, but it isn't the original. We know what the original Enterprise looked like. But if you did that model now as a model, it wouldn't work in today's yeah, TV yeah, because of what we have, because models and effects have moved on so far. Because you can get away with it in, in Relics with one scene on the holodeck. <laughs> it's a wonderful callback. Yeah. You don't have to actually use that set. If you're using that set day and day out, not only... It's like Trials and Tribulations is a beautiful episode. Yeah. When they use... Yeah. Orig- well, they, re- they redid it with CGI, but they used... Oh, it looks very true to it. You cannot see yeah. the seams even to this day, which is astounding considering how long ago it was made now. Yeah. But it's like, again, for one episode, you can get away with that, but they've made the set bigger so it's more functional to a modern filming it, crew. Well, it's well. almost like a, it's almost like a cross going over, a bit, taking bits from the Kelvinverse for making mm-hmm. shit bigger. Well, it's a bit from the Kelvinverse, a bit from the uh, movie version of the Enterprise yeah. look. I mean, I would like some more colours from the original. That's the only thing I would have done, is maybe done it in those colours with uh, cooler-looking stuff. Make it whiter. Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, there was like uh, there was kind of like sort of the beige colour to the bridge with the yeah. uh, uh, the black, jeez, um, um, oh, what's it called? A vinyl kind of like back like, into the I think I think they've done a really good job of paying homage to the original series. Oh, I do. Bridge. 
I do. I just would have put done. in a couple more nuts, nuts, yeah, but I'm I mean, not hanging on what they've done. Just I, mean, I, think, I think it's a very, it's a very uh, difficult line to cross. That you're yes. doing, you're doing an literally a pop pop culture icon. You're recreating, and to do yeah. it, it has to look modern and new, because you couldn't get away with what that they used in the sixties. But it has to give that nod that yes, this is definitely what it is, and I think they've pulled that off with the bridge, and I thought they've pulled it off ever since I saw it in Discovery. Yeah, but yeah, certainly a big shout out to the shot graph. Yeah, the shot and great. yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing with the bridge. I had the same great. thought you did. I was like, yeah, it reminds me of the Galileo, but it doesn't. Yeah, look it, place. it's obviously the same okay. class of shuttle. But we've updated the look. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're not going to make it a complete box, but we'll give a nod to the box. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, to be and fair, then... the box influenced the shuttles in uh, TNG. A lot of oh, their yeah. shuttles were still yeah, boxes. Yeah, big. But even TNG was so many years ago. If you were going to do a callback to TNG, you might redesign if you were yeah. going to do something with that. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, because of the fashion disaster that was the 80s, TNG looks every bit as dated <laughs> as TOS now. Oh, God, know. yeah, yeah. And and plus, yeah, again, TNG what, is, is at least... A, yeah, TNG <laughs> What should we match it with? Brown. <laughs> Actually, if you think about it, yeah, TNG is now as far along ago as the original series was to us when we were young. Yeah. So of course it looks dated. How well does that makes everybody think about how old that makes you? Well, let's face it, from it's, 60s to um, uh, early 2000s, actually and from early 2000s to now, there's yeah, actually fifth, an extra 15 years between TNG coming out and now as there was between TOS and TNG. Well, there you go. But I'm I'm using 30 years as a ballpark. So, like, basically, there was 20, there was 20 years between TOS and TNG, and it's 35 years since. Oh, there you go. I think, I think I'm right in saying Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was longer ago than the gap was between Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, not long enough ago. No, very Never true. long enough ago anyway, for that. shall we wrap up this episode then? <laughs> Sorry. Get down a pop culture rabbit hole. <laughs> Sorry, well, did I... I it I just proves I just... that we do watch more than just Star Trek. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just saying, Jim, I think I can't... He's been a lot of other stuff, the truth be known. Jim, I think I cut you off from something you were going to say about the turn end of the episode, though. Sorry. Oh, sorry, yes. I, I can't remember now. Uh, no, I went down the Galileo... Um, yeah. Oh, the Galileo rabbit hole. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, no, I was just going to say, like, the obviously it all comes back thematically because we... we get that thing of didn't know its fate, which obviously ties into Pike. And the episode wraps up, like I said at the start, you get this almost coda at the end of the episode where it's Pike and number one having a chat about how he feels now about his future and everything. And he, we find out that thing about he knows the names of the people he's going to save and he brings up the details of them. And I took that as something of an acknowledgement that he... It, he isn't going to try and change it because saving these people... Saving them is, people is important. Unless he is, unless he's going to be, like, ringing round the Admiralty going, do not let these people well, sign up. Hey, I, I, I didn't go for that. I wonder contacts he has to go out there and uh, assassinate them. <laughs> I mean, number one did say before, 
maybe you were there to save them, not to sacrifice your own life. So I think he's researching ahead of the event to prevent them getting that situation. That's what I took yeah, away from that. Maybe. Although, when Starfleet's Operation U-Tree gets hold of his search history, he's got a lot of questions to answer, which, when he goes, oh, I saw a vision of my future. Oh, yeah, right. That's what Jimmy Savile said. Come on. Come on, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> now I saw a vision of the future. Yeah, exactly. It's a, now then, now then, it's okay what I did. <laughs> he was telling everyone in plain sight. I watched a documentary, and it's amazing. Oh, on Netflix. How many Netflix. times when he was interviewed, when, yeah, the police are going to be interviewing me next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. I think that was, and it was one. It became a catchphrase. The police are interviewing me next Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Well, and everyone just overlooked it. It's funny. I should have interviewed him next Thursday anyway. We'll definitely stop there because if we go down that rabbit hole, we'll get taken down from YouTube. Probably. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I brought us there. <laughs> no worries. Um, so yes, if you want to get in touch with us, let us know what you thought about that episode or what you think might be coming up. Uh, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com or you can join us on Facebook. Can I just interrupt a second? I know that we wrap it up, but don't you think it's a nice refreshing change after Picard and Discovery that we're not predicting the next episode. Yeah. Because it's a serial. We don't yeah. know what we're getting. Absolutely. Yeah. It could be anything <laughs> next week. Yeah. I do want a kind of big wacky time travel episode though. That's like that's the only thing I'm I seeing the trailer. No, I don't I want to stick uh, we've done time travel quite a lot. Let's no, no, but I'm talking time travel for a season. All I'm saying is, Elliot. Like the original series, you just had a wacky little time travel adventure, low stakes, bit of fun. Maybe they knocked the future off course and then they put it back again. Just some fun time travel, not the deep. Like it's it's all very um deep and thought provoking in the other series, which is fine. I just want a little fun one. Like yeah, Picard, that was a fun series, but you could have just a fun episode doing it. You could, and maybe we'll get that. I, I think I think I'm sure we will get some time travel in Strange New Worlds because. Star Trek does time travel. But it'd be nice to have a break from time travel. There are other story tropes that can be used apart from time travel. Okay, I'd like to renew my bid then to have a uh, Star Trek event which somehow goes across all the series. I think they could do it. Uh, Something which goes... Some character which goes through it all, or you could just have a massive (laughs) meetup. Like they get caught in a yeah, time travel adventure. Absolutely, do that. I would. Be oh, why? That. If they don't do that, they're really wasting an opportunity. Which, yeah. And the thing is, now that they've like introduced Wesley as a traveler, he could be like your Nick Fury character who's jumping around, oh. recruiting everyone. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> and you already had in the um, like I, I was saying it before they did it in like other series have now done it, like doing sort of something from the past, trying to the future based on the series they're doing now if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But it's like, when they were doing the Kelvin Timeline movies, I was going, you could do an awesome crossover with Next Generation. Here. Yeah. And and it would be the past trying to the future for a change to instead of future trying to the past. The, the cool thing about, I've, I've just thought of this Wesley Nick Fury thing now, so it'd be because he turns up in Strange New Worlds and he goes, Captain Pike, I need you for this mission. And then he turns up in Picard and he goes, Jean-Luc, I need you for it. And then, you know, he goes through and then he gets the discovery and he appears and Burnham just like stands up and straightens a uniform and he goes, Bryce, I need I you. Need you. <laughs> <laughs> you take Bryce with him. Or, or he points to someone like one of the bridge crew goes, you, no, we never learned your name. Sorry, I can't take you. I'm sorry, I would love to, but we never explored your character. <laughs> anyway, last dig at discovery. So 
Yeah, check us out on all the socials that we just talked about. Dr. Squeeze on there as well, the Dr. Squeeze show. And thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the retrack. Thank you. Bye-bye.